everyone, I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Ridiculed, berated, beaten unmercifully, and left to die at age 11, my next guest had already suffered years of abuse at the hands of a father whose claim to Christianity was in pretense only and on Sunday only. And even then, the fear of what would happen next, for nothing at all, paralyzed his already beaten down mother, a devoted Jew, and his siblings. As the oldest and often first to bear the brunt of his father's alcoholic rage, the mental, physical, and emotional abuse would soon take its toll. A speech impediment, ulcers, inability to gain weight, and a self-loathing from years of being told unspeakable names by a father who could never utter the name, quote, son, let alone love until one miraculous day, all of that would change. And that is the story you are about to hear today in part one of our two-part conversation, founder, Friends of Zion Heritage Center and Museum, Jerusalem, Israel, award-winning journalist and expert on Israel and the Middle East, number one New York Times best-selling author and publisher of several books, his heart-wrenching yet hopeful autobiography, Son, I Love You, Strangled by His Father and Left for Dead, which we will talk about today. Add to this, ladies and gentlemen, a documentary filmmaker and internationally recognized leader in uniting Christians and Jews in solidarity and purpose. Please welcome Dr. Michael D. Evans. Dr. Evans, welcome to Testimony. Thank you very much. Dr. Evans, your story is one movies are made of and should be, though tough to read, must be shared since the call of God on your life at an early age has been wrought with much pain, yet in the end, overcoming victory, which we will expound upon in our second segment. But for this segment, Dr. Evans, would you just take our listeners back to that day and time when you heard words you had longed to hear your entire life and after a beating that almost ended your life. Dr. Michael Evans, please tell us your story. Well, my mother was an Orthodox Jew. Her grandfather was a rabbi in Belarus, in, which is ancient Poland. His name was Rabbi Mikhail Katznelson. Actually, the synagogue he was in there was another rabbi in it by the name of Metzner. Rabbi Metzner was a cantor rabbi, and that rabbi was the grandfather of Israel's ninth president, Shimon Prez. They were both burned to death in that synagogue. 2,000 Jews were burned to death in it. I heard about it at the age of four. I was watching cartoons, and all of a sudden, Billy Graham came on. My mother shut off the TV, and she looked at me, and she said, Christians kill Jews. Christians hate Jews. Jesus died. Don't dig him up. The Pope, Billy Graham, and Adolf Hitler are all Christians. I named you after your great-grandfather, 
Rabbi Mikhail Katznelson, who was burned to death in a synagogue. Well, that was my first introduction to Jesus. And uh, consequently, she married a professing Christian, my father. But my father hated Jews. How could he possibly marry a Jew and hate Jews? Well, that's difficult to understand, but he did. And my father had an obsession. His obsession was that my mother had an affair with a Jewish man, and I was not his son. So at the age of four, he began abusing me. I ran away from home at four. I remember that well. The police picked me up in a park. And uh, over the years, it got worse and worse. He, yes, he never called me son. He called me a curse word and um, never heard the word I love you or a word of affirmation. My father was very, very brutal. He extension cords, coat hangers, his fists and boots. And he went into rages, just went into demonic rages. But on the other hand, he went to church every Sunday. They called him Brother Bob in church. And he had a big Thompson chain Bible by his bed. But on Friday nights, he went to the Twilight Cafe and got drunk. He'd always walked there. I guess he knew if he drove, he'd crash the car. So he'd walk to the Twilight Cafe, and he'd come home usually between 1 and 2 in the morning. And his tradition was to get a chair, sit my mother down in it, and accuse her of being a Jewish whore and saying, that is not my son, it's a bastard. And he was referring to me. So I used to sit on the stairs and cry as I would watch my mother be beat up because of me. Wow. And you do talk about that in your book. At such a young age, you wanted to defend your mother. You felt helpless to do so. And when you tried to one day at age 11, what happened next? Well, the first thing that happened on a Tuesday in school, they asked the children, what do you want to be when you grow up? I remember them telling the kids on a Monday they were going to be asked that question, so I showed up late at school because I didn't want to answer the question because my goal was to be 20. It wasn't to be a doctor or a pilot or, or anything special. I was, my goal was to be alive at 20 because my father had attempted to kill me before and I was convinced he would kill me before 20. So that's all I wanted to be was 20. But I was the last person to answer the question. I remember by the red bell and I stuttered and they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I stuttered and said, 20. And everybody laughed. They thought it was very funny. Nobody understood why I said what I said. But that Friday night, my father came in drunk and he did what he always did. He set my mother down in the chair, started slapping her in the face, calling her Jewish whore and accusing her of me being illegitimate. I would always sit on the top of the stairs and see the scene and cry, but too ashamed and afraid to defend her against this very strong, violent man. That day I got my courage up and I screamed out in the dark, stop it. That's all I had to say. When he heard that, he flew up the stairs, picked me up with both of his hands by my throat, way above his head, my feet were several feet off the ground and strangled me. I remember looking in those bloodshot eyes and I was thinking, I'll never make it to 20. I am dead. And I went unconscious. And when I woke up, I woke up gagging on my own vomit. I had vomited all over myself. And I was in a fetal position on the floor. And I remember the first prayer I prayed. 
Now, at that time, I did not believe in God and certainly didn't believe in Jesus. Jesus, the only Jesus I knew, was my father. And I thought it was all fake. I didn't believe in any of it. Mm-hmm. And I shouted out in the dark when I realized I was alive. It was a prayer of rage. It wasn't a holy prayer. At least it didn't seem holy to me. It was, God, why was I born? It made no sense that I was alive. I was actually mad that I was alive. Why? He hates me. She's being abused over me. Why am I even alive? And when I said that, God, why was I born? All of a sudden, the brightest light I had ever seen came into that room. I first thought it was my father with the spotlight that he came to finish me off, so I threw my hands over my face to protect my face, but then it was quiet. He was never quiet. And as I listened to the quiet, the stillness, so quiet, all of a sudden I wanted to see what it was, so I peeked through my fingers, and when I peeked through them, I saw two nail-scarred hands. And the scars were not in the palms, they were way up high in the wrist, which I'd never heard of that before. And then I looked up towards the eyes, and every color in the rainbow was the eyes. There were blues and greens and every color of the rainbow, and the, the eyes were like magnets. The moment you looked at the eyes, you couldn't take your eyes off the eyes, and you could see through the eyes. You could see eternity through the eyes and angels through the eyes. And the mm-hmm. most amazing things about the eyes, they were smiling eyes. I never saw a man's eyes smile until the eyes of Jesus. And as I looked at those smiling eyes, he spoke. And he said three things. First, he said, son. I'd never heard the word son in my life. No one ever called me son. Then he said, I love you. I never heard the word I love you. I used to say it to my mother. She had been abused so much she couldn't express affection. She'd say, me too. And then the third thing he said was, I have a great plan for your life. Well, that was it, and he left. The rest of the night, I cried with joy because I knew that my greatest shame was I couldn't defend one Jew against a Jew hater, my father against my mother, and that my life calling and reason I was born was to defend the Jewish people. And uh, it gave me hope. By the way, in the morning, I didn't stutter. The stomach ulcer was gone. I had hundreds of fears that night, the dark, death, people, heights, everything, all the fears were gone. I was healed, I was delivered, I was saved, I was called, I was filled, and I didn't even know the theology of any of it. Wow, wow. You were also miraculously healed. You had broken bones. You could have choked on the vomit. Uh, that spilled out because of the horrific beating. What was your next thought that morning or that day? I was totally convinced in what he said. When, For the first time in my life, I knew I was loved. For the first time in my life, I knew that there was a purpose for my life and the great purpose. He said, a great plan for your life. And that visitation, which I've never seen him before, I've never heard his voice again, 
But that visitation changed my life forever. It only lasted a few seconds, but it was completely life-transforming. Now, on the other hand, my father didn't change. He was the same the next day, the next month, the next year, for many years thereafter. But I was changed, completely, radically transformed. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to founder of Friends of Zion Heritage Center and Museum, Jerusalem, Israel, award-winning journalist and expert on Israel and the Middle East, and number one New York Times best-selling author, his highly acclaimed autobiography, Son, I Love You, Dr. Michael D. Evans in part one of this two-part exclusive. You can learn more about Dr. Mike Evans' work, ministry, and mission, and current events by visiting JerusalemPrayerTeam.org and FozMuseum.com and be the answer for blessing the land of the Bible, its people, and Holocaust survivors worldwide. You will be blessed, you did. Dr. Evans, it has been an incredible honor bringing your voice to testimony for such a time as this. Your story is the one that movies are made of and should be. Your overcoming and miraculous journey is a testament that Yeshua, Jesus, really does exist. And when eyes are opened and God's hand extended, there is no evil on earth that can extinguish it. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.